following podcast is rated M-A-L-S-B. Contains top topics of sexual content, violence, and strong language. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third act. I'm Brandon. I'm Sydney, and this week we're going to be talking, uh, starting to talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street. Exactly. So, for those of you who are fans of the franchise or just have never seen the movies and would like to know what they're about, uh, stick around. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the third act. Um, not sure exactly how long it's been since we've last recorded, but uh, hopefully it's been less than two weeks. Um, if not, oh well. <laughs> I mean, it's um, definitely been a, a shorter period of time than, you know, when we the first ep- episode to the second one. So it's, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. We're still learning. We're still like, getting into the groove of things and you know, trying to figure out what we need to do and how things work completely. Uh, but, th- but this week, we're going to be talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street. We're going to do part one in this episode, which will be the first three movies. And then the next one, part two, will be the next three. And then part three will be Wes Craven's New Nightmare and the reboot in, from uh, 2010. Uh, I, for one... Uh, have a new found outlook on this franchise than I had before. So I remember having a very good relationship with the first movie. And I still to this day have a very good relationship with the first movie of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, Came out way before I was born, but I remember seeing it throughout my life and loving the movie. Now, when talking about the sequels, not so much. There's even a, a reference in the first Scream movie where uh, Drew Barrymore's character, Casey Becker, because um, Scream was also done by Wes Craven, Nightmare on Elm Street directed by Wes Craven, saying that, you know, the first movie was good, but the rest sucked, and the rest was not directed by Wes Craven. And the more that I think about it, the more that I'm starting to kind of agree with that notion that that the first movie was good, but the rest, there's just, it's just something off about them. And the only redeeming quality of the entire franchise, in my opinion, is Freddy Krueger, the main antagonist. But uh, Sid, what type of relationship did you have with this series, if any, before we watched them recently? Um, so... You know, everybody has that, like, one, either one singular horror movie or a set of horror movies that, like, really get to them, like, when they're younger. Yeah, this was this, um, this was this, uh, scary, or horror movie that I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so when good old Brandon said we had to do it for the podcast, I was like, Oh no! <laughs> I mean, you gotta do it, do it for the content, you know. I was like, "Oh, this is not gonna be good." And I warned them. I'm like, "I swear, if I have nightmares, I'm coming after you." <laughs> um. Now, watching the first three, I my opinion's not changed. 
I wish I could say it has, but it is not. But, you know, as we're watching these movies, I'm I'm still giving them an open chance. Like, I'm still going in with an open mind. But towards the end, I'm just like, why am I doing this? Why did I... How am I here right now? I just like I'm just questioning all of my life choices, um, doing the whole nine yards. But yeah, that's basically my relationship with them. I mean, I hope it improves as we are doing these future episodes. But as of right now, it's still very much a <laughs> interesting relationship. Yeah, and I. The only, the only thing I'm really looking forward to. There's a couple, only a couple of things I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Freddie and how he kind of changes because at some point in the franchise, I want to say probably four and on, Freddie becomes more of a wisecracking jokester that the type of villain you like, you that you kind of root for. And I think every every villain, every horror movie monster kind of becomes that way eventually. With um, Godzilla, King Kong, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, like a- as the series goes on, you don't care about the characters so much as you just want to see all of them die, and you want to watch whoever the killer is kill everyone, and that's the- and that's the entertainment. And I've said this- I've said this before. Um, you can make a movie about Friday the Thirteenth. You don't even have to tell us the names of the of the people. Just have Jason go through and kill all of them, and it would it would make money in the box office probably. That's all people want to see at this at this point. Yeah. And I think as the movies go on in Nightmare on Elm Street, it kind of becomes that where it's more more about Freddy and less about the people he's going after. Yeah. Which I think is a is a cool thing, but it also is why I say the rest of the series, in my opinion, isn't that good. Because there's no character con- deposition, there's no like depth, there's nothing really going on except for Freddy killing people. Yeah, there's no at development. The, yeah, at least in the first three movies, there is the characters still kind of matter. Right. And it, so it matters if something happens to them. Right. But I think from four on, it just kind of deviates from that. And they're just like, you know what? What unique way can Freddy kill these people? Yeah. And it kind of just goes from there. Uh, but without further ado, Sid, if you want to go ahead and get into the first movie. Oh, goody. Um, <laughs> all right. So the first film... Uh, like Brandon said, it was directed by Wes Craven. We we love to see it. Such an iconic yep. iconic name in the horror community. Um, it, like he just has a lot of classics in there. Um, and it was filmed in 1984, so very pre-scream time. Um, very like in the dead center of the slasher craze, probably. Yeah. So we have our characters Tina, Freddie, Nancy, Rod, and Glenn. Uh which fun fact, you said it was Johnny Depp's like film debut. 
Definitely, yeah. It's the first film he ever did. Which is crazy because it's kind of... He doesn't necessarily play a big part in the film, I don't feel. But, like, for it to be his, like... And then, like... Because A Nightmare on Elm Street is such a big, like, horror movie franchise. And that this is his first film. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's funny how some... Like, some horror films, a horror franchise will introduce characters that form that, that before may have done movies or or they, like either they haven't done movies or if they have they weren't too big of stars until they were in a horror movie like for instance Johnny Depp first horror movie I think Kevin Bacon was in the first Friday the 13th movie and I think that was either introducing him or he hadn't done anything important before then yeah. Um, and, you, and there's further examples. Jenna Ortega, I think, is one of them for the Scream, later Scream movies, five and six. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it is kind of weird, but it's also kind of like a, an ongoing theme of taking smaller stars or stars that haven't become stars yet and kind of catapulting them from doing a horror movie. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Um, so, the opening scene, you kind of see it's a small screen. I remember when I was seeing this, I'm like, what is going on right now? Why is it not fitting into my television? Um, <laughs> so, it's a small screen. It, it shows a man's hand working with some tools and putting knives in the gloves. It kind of jumps to a girl in a tunnel, like, running around, and then getting chased by this character, which ends up being Freddy Krueger. And it morphs into, like, it being a dream. Like, all of, like, this chasing around, it's a dream. The next day, uh, so the girl that was being chased, her name's Tina, she goes to school with her friends, and she's telling them about this dream slash nightmare. Uh, they're walking around. This old, like, nursery song is playing. And there's these uh, children jump roping. And they're saying, I can't remember. Is it one, two? One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, better stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. Yes, yeah, same. But like it's <laughs> like for this to be a nursery or nursery in quotation marks, it insane. Um, yes. So. That song's playing, and there's these kids jump roping and singing the song. And it's kind of like, it's that like whole thing is gonna be played throughout, like not throughout the movie, but like there's different scenes of like that happening, like children jump roping and that song just being sang. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's in each movie at least once. Yeah, at least once. Um, then we get our. A new character, Nancy, which is one of Tina's friends, stays at stays at Tina's um, as Tina's mom is out of town. Glenn, who's played by Johnny Depp, 
um, is hanging out with them when they hear a strange noise outside. And it ends up being Tina's boyfriend, Rod. They had, they had gotten into a fight previously, but they um they kind of made up and up later that night. Um, <laughs> if you catch my drift. Yeah. Um, Tina had went outside by herself and encounters Freddy. Uh, and- Which shows that she had fell- fallen asleep and was in a dream. Exactly. So... She was asleep, she was having a nightmare, and, like, she was sleeping next to Rod, and, like, she is getting thrown around this room. Like, it looks like she is being possessed. And she gets murdered by Freddy, even though, like, in that scene, she's not being physically touched. Like, she's being thrown against the wall, she's being, like upside down like she has yeah drug on the ceiling yeah Yeah, she's getting slashes all over her and rod is just watching this happen he's like what the fuck is going on like is this bitch possessed um yes and it's like how do you explain that to somebody because he didn't he wasn't doing it but like how do you not like become guilty in that situation like there's no way around it and it's worth noting that Rod also was yelling, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, while the door was locked from his side. Exactly. So it's not really looking good for him because he's screaming that, and there's no, like, Freddy to be in sight. It's just more of a mental state of mind. Yeah. So all of that happened. Crazy. So Nancy and Glenn enter the room, and they're like, what? happened like nancy's a mess um yeah, there's blood everywhere literally everywhere um yeah nancy's a mess and um the next day she tries to go to school and uh she was dragged away by rod because rod had fled and um he claims that he didn't do it but obviously he was behind closed doors so who's gonna believe him yeah and her dad uses her as bait, basically, and is, like, they catch Rod, and he ends up going to jail, Um, which is kind of like that trope, oh, it's the boyfriend. Yep. Um, never trust the love interest. No, never trust the love interest. Um, so, Nancy ends up going to school. She's kind of dozing off in class. And her mind is playing tricks on her. She and is also like kind of going into that dream slash nightmare state. And she sees Tina's body in a body bag. And she goes down the hall. She fall like she follows the body bag. And she goes down towards the basement in the school, which is when she encounters Freddy. But it's only a nightmare. She wakes up in the middle of class screaming. Everybody's looking. Well, it's also worth noting. It's also worth noting. Sorry, that um, two things. Um, when she dozed off in class, they were doing a, a reading from, I think, a Shakespeare play. Yeah. And uh, while she, when, when she dozes off, they're still doing the, the the classmate is still doing the reading in a more sinister voice. Yeah. And it's still from the same story, 
and it mentions something about being plagued with bad dreams, which I like when movies do that. Yeah. When they have something that you don't really have to pay attention to, but then when you do, it's kind of cool that it still has something to do with the with the story. Yeah. Um, and also how how Sydney Sydney how Nancy wakes up is um, she actually takes her hand and slams it against a hot pipe and burns her arm, mm-hmm. which causes her to wake up out of the dream. Yeah. So. And like, like you said, she's screaming. She's screaming, and everybody's looking at her. The teacher's like, "Are you, like, are you okay?" Um, so she basically runs out because she's embarrassed, as anybody would be, because that's like everybody. Everybody's eyes are on you. So she runs out and she goes to talk to Rod about like what happened, um, and. He starts explaining, like, what was going on, and that's when she's, like, starting to, like, believe, like, oh, he's not lying, like, or, he's, like, telling the truth, like, that he didn't do it, and... Yeah, because he mentions the dream that he had about Freddy. Yeah. He starts to realize there's some sort of connection. Yeah. Because... He said, like, the guy had knives for fingers, and she was starting to make that connection. And Yes. So, yeah. So, then it... Morse... Nancy's, like, taking a bath, and it shows Freddy's hand elevating, and I, that scene, I was like, what is about to happen? Yeah, yeah, his hand elevating from between her legs was also a sexual... Sexual, uh... More of a sexual, I don't want to say innuendo, but it's more of like a sexual con- like connotation to what was going on. Yeah. As well, like he, let's see, because you see his claw coming up from from, the, from the, like the water, but between her legs, because she had fallen asleep while she was taking a bath. Even though her mom said, "Don't fall asleep." Yeah, typical teenager doesn't listen. It's fair. Um. So yeah, I was like. What's he about? Like, what's about to happen? But um, she ends up getting pulled underneath water, and then like her mom comes rushing in, and she's like, "It's fine, it's fine. Like nothing happened. I just fall asleep. It's my like, it's my fault. Like whatever." So then Glenn ends up sneaking into her room to check up on her, and Nancy has a favor to ask, which is he stands guard. Or was it that she asked him to, like, make sure she doesn't fall asleep? She asked him to wake her up if she started acting. If she looked like she was having a nightmare, he, she told him to wake her up. Yeah. Which, man's failed because he ended up falling yes. asleep. Yes. He dropped the ball. He did not take it seriously. No. And that would be then when... She's going to find Rod, right? Well, what she's doing is she, is she fell she fell asleep, and I think she was just falling asleep to see what would happen. Yeah. And I think she found herself going to the precinct where Rod was being held, but again, she's asleep. Right. So she's not actually there, but it's it's almost like astral projection, and she ends up going to the precinct. 
and she sees Freddy fucking with Rod. Yep. Um, from from the window where she's watching, but then Freddy notices that she's there because she starts yelling Glenn's name for some reason. Yeah. And then Freddy ends up chasing her. Right. It's just once again, it's a nightmare. Yes. And so Rod is sound asleep in his bed, but yep. he ends up getting dragged by his sheet, and he it's made he it, it and the end result it is made to like look like he has like tried to unalive himself. Yes, with the sheet exactly. Um, because Freddie always tries to make his first couple kills look like suicide. Like it's self-inflicted. Yes. When I saw this like happening, it it's not like I feel like it's a new element to a slasher movie, you know? Because you're not seeing this happen. Like, it's like like I said, it's a mental state of mind and no one else is around to see it except you know yeah which is why i think Wes craven is such a good like director in the first place and was like good at thinking outside the box in, in, in a sense because yes it's a slasher movie but it's about someone who can come after you in your dreams right and there's nothing nothing you could do about it right essentially right no one can no one can stop you all like you're basically left by yourself to kind of fend for yourself which again that changes after a while but you're pretty much stuck to fend for yourself against someone who basically has supernatural powers. Right. And there's nothing you could do about it. Um, also, I remember when I was, like, first fully watching it, it kind of, like, gave me a sense of sleep paralysis because, like, in sleep paralysis, like, like they couldn't, like, really move. They were, like, very much just, like, their body was going along with what, whatever was happening. Um, yeah, even when they kind of woke up, they were still like paralyzed, still dreaming. Yeah, it was like still yeah. a paralyzation, um, which is interesting. Like to see it, like because I've experienced sleep paralysis, and to see it like happen like on the outside is like I don't know. It's just eye opening, I guess. Yeah, but so it is made to look like he unalived himself. She. Nancy tries to tell her parents about the killer, and her mom thinks she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um, she takes her mom takes her to do a sleep test slash sleep therapy. She starts to have a nightmare while she's being tested, and out of that nightmare, she pulls out Freddy's hat, which is such an interesting element because she's able to pull stuff out of her nightmare, like the dream into reality which is such an interesting element because like in real like not in movies like real life you can't do that you can't pull elements out so I think it's just an interesting element to include I do like the element because it also kind of makes sense when you like in the like the idea of things for the movie in general because with Freddy being able to like attack you while you're sleeping and it's still like like you, whether the, in your, if you hurt yourself in those dreams you die yeah or if you you, you hurt yourself in your dreams you get hurt like when she burned herself on the pipe or when 
Freddy killed Tina. Yeah. Um, so it's a cool, it, it's cool, and it makes sense for someone to be able to interact with Freddy in that way to bring stuff from him into the real real world because his he has effects on the real world when people are asleep. Yeah. So yeah, it was just an interesting element, um, something new. It's that's not really been done before. Exactly. Um. So, her mom finally like breaks down and tells her like that freddie was a child murderer and had killed 20 of the kids around the neighborhood once he was released he was taken to the boiler room and put gas like they put gasoline on him and burned him which and go ahead i was just gonna say and a couple things uh i do like the backstory for freddie in that because the boiler room is where he used to take all of his kids if when he once he abducted them and killed them and did literally whatever else because honestly I don't think he was just a child murderer. They don't specifically say that in the movies, but um, I don't think it was just like child murderer. I think he was actually like sexually assaulting these kids as well before he killed them. Um which I different parts agree. of this movie kind of like point to that, yeah. Which I agree because, like you said, like there's different instances throughout the movies where it's like that's questionable. That can't be like new information. Like there had to be something stemming from that. Yeah, I think Freddie is is very sexual in nature, and I think the only reason they said child murder and not something else is maybe because of the time period right and maybe they were just kind of afraid to to venture into that into that which is understandable um what yeah um due to like rating or whatever Mm -hmm. so because there's there's possibility that that was originally the plan but i think Wes craven being how he is being as smart as he was just said child murderer and then made Pretty very sexual in nature throughout the movie. Just to, which we'll which we can get to later. Yeah. Just to hint at what he was actually like like throughout. Exactly. Um, exactly. So once Nancy's mom told her that like she was mad like why didn't you tell me like you just made me feel like I was delusional and I was crazy yet he was an actual person. I kind of get why she didn't tell her, but also to make your child feel like they're crazy. Like, I don't get that. Yeah, it's not okay. No. Um, and the, the parents kind of knew this, and I, they, 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 they touch on this in, like, later movies, but, like, they, they kind of know that... Well, they don't know this, but they're trying to, like, act like it never happened. Act like Freddy never existed, act, act like something like that never happened, and just ignore it. And the funny thing is, is that that kind of helped in a way even though it's horrible to do to your daughter or to like your son or whatever it's it kind of helped because without that type of fear without anyone knowing who freddie was he couldn't really do anything right there wasn't fuel to go off of exactly and the parents did that without even noticing right Like I said, I get it from both perspectives. Like, yeah, you don't want, like, that's kind of a horrible thing to happen. Like, that's not really something you tell your kid. But also to make your child feel like they're crazy and, like, that you're just stupid and, like, oh, like, that didn't happen. Like, you're just making it up. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Nancy's mom was also keeping the gloves that he used for some fucking reason. Right. And I'm, I was like, why does she, like, why does she have that? Like, there's no. Like, why would you keep a memento of a child murderer that you, in, t- in turn, murdered? Like, what was the point of that? Yeah, there's no reason. <laughs> Literally no yeah. reason. But, so, yeah, she's mad at her mom, which I get it. I don't get it, you know. So, yeah. she asks Glenn to stay awake till midnight so she can pull Freddy out of her dream. Uh, she tries to call him after it's, like, past midnight, and his parents say that she's a, or he's asleep and lets the phone off the hook. Her or Glenn's parents are like, this girl's Delulu, because I believe that it's at that point her parents start boarding up her windows and, like, thinking that she's, like, or all the windows at that fact, thinking that she's crazy, like, it's just all in her head. And yeah, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning though. There's well, not worth mentioning, but there's one thing I don't understand about that scene mm. where she calls Glenn. Yeah, she's already asleep. So, how does she call Glenn and his parents answer if she's already asleep? Because if you remember, after she calls Glenn, Freddie goes, I'm your boyfriend now, and then his the receiver becomes his mouth and he tries to kiss her and she oh, throws yeah. the unplugs the phone and throws it. Yeah. <laughs> And again, that sexual nature that we were talking about before. Right. And but then it rings again after she snatches it out the wall. So I don't understand how his parents even got the phone call if she was already dreaming. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Excuse me. I don't know how that works. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not really explained. I get what the movie was trying to do because all the movies try to do this where if someone blinks okay they're dreaming and you just don't notice till shit starts going sideways yeah but but that one isn't really like fully explained how that works yeah it's yeah i don't know that but as per usual uh glenn does fall asleep as yep um and as he's like asleep, he's kind of getting pulled through his bed, and like he's screaming because I believe he gets awoken, which fairly so. And yeah, like blood just starts squirting everywhere, like literally everywhere. And a literal blood volcano through his bed, literally. And his mom walks in, and yep. um. And meanwhile, Nancy said, like, she's going to get the guy out of her dream. And, like, so she starts, like, booby-trapping her room. Yeah, well, she calls her dad and tells tells her dad that she's going to get the guy that did this. Yeah. And that she wants him there to arrest him when she gets him. Because she is now starting to understand that she can... Well, she doesn't understand that she's going off of the fact that she pulled the hat out of the dream. So she thinks that she can pull him out of the dream. Exactly, yeah. It's it, it's a theory and that she's testing. So she starts booby trapping her room. Yeah. Uh, she says Home Alone style. <laughs> yeah. She says that it is in his court and so she starts sleeping 
or sleeping and is in the nightmare. Uh, she goes to get the glove, but it's not there. Uh, she ends up being successful with pulling him out, got him trapped, and set him on fire. Uh, yeah, she set him on fire. She blew him up. Yeah, she hit him with a, a sledgehammer. Hit him. Like... She did the whole nine. Yeah. Um, got him trapped. Set him on fire. He escapes, which literally don't know how because that wouldn't happen in real life. But you know, he escapes and gets to her mom, and her mom kind of disappears. Yeah, her mom kind of just gets get like gets sunk into her mattress somehow, and dies. Uh, I'm not really sure how that works. I don't know either. Freddie ascends, and basically, Nancy says that he's nothing. Like he's working off the fear of children. That's what makes him powerful, is the fear of children. Exactly. Because earlier in the movie, Glenn was, Glenn, like, she was talking to Glenn about na- dreams and nightmares. Yeah. And um, he was saying that, you know, old, like other cultures think nightmares are um, some source of, of evil. And he's like, if you turn your back on it, it takes away its power and it can't hurt you. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what Nancy does. She turns her back on Freddy and basically says, I take away every bit of power I ever gave you. You are nothing to me. I'm not afraid of you anymore. And Freddy kind of disappears. Yeah. Tells him. And then it goes from there to she walks out of her mother's bedroom and then it shows her walking out of the front door and it's daylight and her mom's alive. And all of her friends are alive. And she jumps into Glenn's car. But then the top of the convertible falls. And you can see Freddy's colors, which are on his sweater. The red and green. That's red and green. The doors lock on their own. The car starts moving on its own. And her mom's just like waving with a smile on her face. And then Freddie reaches through the window of the door and pulls her mom through, laughing. And that's basically how the movie ends. And it's it's worth saying that the movie that was not the original ending Wes Craven wanted. Wes Craven's ending that he wanted was more of something to to close the chapter. It was supposed to be a one like one movie, and that was it. But New Line Cinema thought it'd be a good idea to leave it open-ended in case they wanted to make sequels, which they made a lot of sequels. Yeah. Reason being, yeah, reason being because New Line Cinema was on its last leg. They were going to put out a couple more movies and they were going to go under. They were filing for bankruptcy. And one of the movies they decided to pick up and put out before they went under was Nightmare on Elm Street and when the movie did massive numbers in the box office and got them a lot of money it basically saved New Lion Cinema from bankruptcy Mm -hmm. and 
so because of that, like this movie saved us, we're gonna make sure that we make as much like as much off of this as we possibly can. And we'll make as many sequels as, as we can put out. And I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense, but also it's like kind of a quality over quantity type deal, you know? Yeah, I think it should have been like Wes Craven wanted it, one movie, and then that's it. I I say that, but then I but then if that was the case, we would have never got Wes Craven's New Nightmare. We would have never got Freddy versus Jason, which are two of my all time favorite, just movies in general. Not to mention favorite movies in the franchise. So, part of me like kind of wishes they would have kept it at, at one movie, but the other part of me is thinking, yeah. I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah, it's kind of like what, like, you're either going to get one or the other. It's not like, you know, you're not going to get exactly. both. So, Sydney, kind of kind of scared to ask you, but what is your rating <laughs> of, of the first movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Okay, I like at like for a movie standpoint, like a film, like critic standpoint, like versus like my own personal opinion, like film, like expert, whatever. I would give it a four out of five, but like my own personal, like I would probably give it a two out of five. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. If I if I had to rate this movie, I'd probably give it three and a half out of five. Okay. Because because as much as I love this movie, there's a couple of things where that I don't understand about the movie. There's a couple of acting problems th- like in certain parts of the movie mm-hmm. where I'm like, that could have been done better. Yeah. Um, there's a very noticeable point in the movie where they're actually using a doll instead of an actual person. Yeah. So, and because of, and and it's because of the practical effects of the time. Like, I get it. It's the 80s, you know? Exactly. Like, if it were made to, like, it would be interesting if they tried to take the idea today and see what they could do with it. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it's the 80s. They, They did what with what they had um and yeah yeah i I mean i saw what they could do with it today and it's just it's actually kind of worse but we'll get to that in the reboot but as far as rating this movie goes i'd give it like three and a half out of five okay so like dead center not bad um so now we can move on to the next movie nightmare on elm street part two freddy's revenge yeah so it was made a year later so they were really striking when the iron was hot oh yeah um so we have freddy of course uh we have jesse walsh Leslie, lisa weber good lord um and ron grady which really just goes by grady i think during the film you're like wait his name's ron I know, right? Because I was sitting there, I was watching the movie, and I'm like, because he's called Grady in every other scene. You're like, who's this non character? And then once the 
there's one scene where he's called Ron, and I'm like, who the fuck's Ron? <laughs> I'm like, is that is that Grady? That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, seriously, I was, I was like, who are they referring to? Oh, it's Grady. I'm like, that doesn't really. <laughs> you're like, this doesn't make sense. His name's Grady. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I reject your reality and make my own. <laughs> funny. Um, all right, so the opening scene is a school bus going down the road, dropping kids off. Uh, you see a little cameo from the actor who plays Freddy, who's not... Good old Robert England. Exactly. Um, who's not in his makeup, which I didn't know what he looked like without the makeup, so I was like, wait, what? <laughs> when, you had, yeah. when you had pointed it out to me, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, a little cameo of Robert England as he's driving the bus. Yeah. So, and it's one of those, like, one of those blinking, you'll miss it type situations. Yeah. So Nice touch. Very. Um, so he's going down the road past some of the kids' bus stops and into this, like, desert-like area. Uh, the bus crashes, and the desert starts to cave in, and... It's, like, on this, like, skinny, like, I don't even know how you would describe it, like, cliff. And the bus yeah. bus starts, like, rocking back and forth, which, oh, my God, would be my worst nightmare. Literally. Um, yeah. Look, like, looks like it's dangling over the depths of hell. Yeah. Which, you know, it makes sense because it's Freddy and he kind of resembles that. Um, yeah. Looks like the bounds of hell. Yeah. Um, and then you see Freddy in his normal attire, and yeah, gets up from the bus driver's seat. So that's even, which is why I say it's a nice touch, right? Because he morphs into his regular character, exactly. Um, and he starts coming towards the kids. So it, you know, turns out to be a nightmare, and Jesse wakes up sweating to death, drenched, just absolutely drenched in sweat like he had just been running a marathon i'm like yes man are you good like take five goodness gracious um so he goes downstairs and complains about the ac to his dad who to his dad which typical 80s dad they're very much cheapskates like oh there's nothing wrong like you're just imagining it blah 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 um yeah and so Lisa shows up, um, and Jesse gives her a ride to school. There, it moves into them being in PE, and his side of the class is playing baseball, and is distracted at looking at her. Which you know you can tell Mans has a crush on her. Um, yes. And in result of doing that, he gets hit, um, and I believe. He was hit by Grady. Yeah, yeah, it was Grady. Because they start fighting and they made to do push-ups. Yeah, they ended up having to do push-ups. And I think they were in sweatpants. And I was like, how are you in PE in sweatpants? Like, could, could <laughs> never be me. Could never be me. <laughs> um, we find out uh, from Grady that Jesse's family, well, he had just recently moved in. And uh, he moved into good old Nancy's house. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, oh, this is just such a recipe for a disaster. Yep. Um, 
Later in the night, Jesse can't sleep and sees something out of his window. So he goes to investigate it, which is so stupid. Um, yeah. And he's walking around the house. He sees through the window that um, it's the back of Freddy and he's burning something in like the boiler. And so Jesse goes back into the house and... He goes to the basement door. Freddy's right there. Uh, And Freddy says that he needs Jesse. So it's kind of like this relationship between the character and Freddy is like kind of changing as like he's um, like using the main character in some way. Yeah, using Jesse as basically a vessel. Yeah. Like he's living. Cause he's, he's not because he's not strong enough to do it himself. Right. Like he's living through Jesse. Um, yes. So, obviously, it turns out to be another nightmare, and so it morphs into Jesse being in class, and he has another nightmare, and he has a snake crawl around his neck, and I was like, oh my god, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, and if you remember correctly, that snake was real. Oh yeah, I know. Like, but like, like that wasn't in his because for the longest time I thought that was just in his dream. Every time I saw that movie, yeah, I thought the snake was like in his dream. But no, someone put that. I think Ron put the snake on him, Grady, while he was asleep. Yeah, Grady <laughs> starts calling him by his actual name when you said, "Yeah, no." Start government. Start, I start first naming him. Okay, government name him. <laughs> yeah, his name is Ron Grady from now on. <laughs> If I knew his middle name, I'd say that shit, too. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, had a snake crawl. I was like, oh, my God, no. Mm-mm. Could not be me. Yeah, I'd hate that, too. Um, so then Jesse, like, cuts into Jesse trying to go out for a bit. But Jesse's not done unpacking his room. And his dad's like, nope, you can't. You're not allowed to leave. Nope. Um, so he goes back up to his room. He puts a tape in like the boom box, like the little boom box that he has on his uh desk, and he like starts dancing around, not really getting anything done, but you know, <laughs> dancing around. That's what typical actually, teenager. Actually, that's the most important. That's that's me when I clean. Like, yeah, very much just dancing. Um. So his mom ends up coming in, and so does Lisa. And he's like, oh, my God, like you just saw me dance. Like, uh. <laughs> um, And Lisa helps him clean his room, which, honestly, like, that's how you know she likes him, because no, no girl would do that. Yeah, that, that's how you can see the feeling is kind of mutual, and just neither of them are actually just saying, saying it, basically panties um (laughs) they're just like tiptoeing around the like yeah um situation um exactly lisa finds a book in his closet and it turns out to be a diary which was nancy's diary and it talks about like freddie and like the events that were occurring and like it's like kind of starting to click into Jesse's head and he doesn't necessarily say anything but it's like he's like oh my god like this is actually a thing like I'm not just kind of going crazy um 
So later that night, he wakes up and like there was a lamp, there was a candle, and there was a vinyl record that melted. Like the room was like on fire. Um, yep. He walks down to the basement and he finds the glove of Freddy's and the boiler that we saw in the first one that uh, Nancy's mom had in the boiler. Uh, Freddy is standing in the corner and he tells him to try on the glove and tells him to kill for him. Which is, like I said, it's kind of changing that dynamic of like Freddy being like this, like not necessarily like non-present character, but kind of non-present character. And exactly, yeah. And it's kind of changing the roles that like he's wanting the main character Jesse to kill for him, and just like basically Jesse's inside of it or. Freddy's inside of Jesse and is like the uh, mannerisms are there or wanting to be there. Yeah. Um, So asked to kill for him. And so he talks to Lisa about it and she asks for the diary to look at it, to see what else she can find about uh, what's going on. And later that evening, they, uh, Jesse and his family noticed that in the house, it's 97 degrees, which, oh, that would be so hot. Um, yeah. Is that, is that the scene where the um, parrot explodes? It sure is. Like, the birds start going <laughs> crazy, and one of them completely combusts. Like, literal implosion. Let's see, here's, here's, what I, here's another thing I didn't notice the first couple times I watched this movie mm-hmm. that I noticed on this watch. Mm-hmm. The bird, there's there's two birds in that cage. Yeah, one goes crazy when they when they uncover it. That bird had murdered the other one. Yeah, and then flew and, and, and then flew out of the cage and blew up. Yeah, I don't think it was due to heat. I think I think Freddie had possessed that parrot. Oh, for basically sure. Basically, to kind of show Jesse what he was wanting from him. Basically, showing Jesse what was going to happen. That the that he was going to control Jesse, make him kill. And then kill him in the process. Yeah, just like kill him from the inside out, basically. Yes. Yeah. So, which that scene was crazy. I was like, that bird literally just imploded. All right, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> um, so, he, Jesse goes out into the night and he sees this bar. It's not a typical bar. Um, what the gay bar? Definitely gay bar, yeah. And his PE teacher call him, and makes him run laps at like what two or three a.m. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I oh my god, that would be so. Mm. Yeah. Um, makes him run laps. Because, he ends up pushing. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. The PE teacher, PE teacher, was there to enjoy his night. He caught Jesse because he was in the gay bar himself and saw him. Yeah. Um, I think the PE teacher ends up, like, pushing him into a stack of chairs, which, fuck that guy. Um, Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It tells tells him to hit the showers. So, while Jesse's, like, doing that, uh, the PE teacher is in his office, and he ends up um, 
being like pulled around like or just chucked around and he ends up being pulled by jump rope and well before we get to that i want to uh it's it, it's worth mentioning because the very subtle writer writing here um that his his whole office starts to shake yeah and there's and there's different various of, of sporting equipment mm-hmm. tennis balls basketballs footballs footballs that just keep being chucked at his face so the the, t- the PE teacher <sighs> is having balls chucked in his face i it's mm. i'm not I, I i don't like the fact that i'm pointing it out but i also <clears throat> it, it's it's right in front of you it's basically <clears throat> like i said the, the subtle writing yeah of the show of the movie yeah like they did that intentionally for sure um with the jump rope yeah so he gets pulled in by a jump rope and jesse is just literally watching this happen like he's just standing there frozen and um a lot of steam like starts occurring like out of nowhere and freddie walks out and kills the pe teacher and the glove ends up on jesse's hand so it made it look like that jesse had just like murdered his pe teacher he screams, and yeah. the police bring him home. His dad's like, okay, don't lie to me. What drugs are you on? And yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, I'm not on any drugs. Like, this, like, you don't understand what's going on, basically. And he's like, can I just go to bed? So his mom ends up taking him upstairs. Um, the next day, uh, the police are at the school, and they end up finding the PE teacher, it morphs into Jesse being in his room, and the glove is in Jesse's desk drawer, which he had not put there, right? No, no yeah, yeah, he didn't. He didn't put it there. And also, when he finds out that the PE teacher had died, because he thought it was just a dream. Yeah. He thought it was all a dream. So when he found out the PE teacher actually died, he starts really freaking out because he realized that because he knows that he killed the PE teacher. Yeah. So, also, then Jesse confesses to his parents about what happened in, happened in that house five years ago. His mom was absolutely clueless. His dad knew, to a certain yeah. extent. But his mom completely clueless. And it was like, well, why did you move us here? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, we wouldn't have gone with you. And, you know, that's like... Tip, like I said, like that's how you know it's a typical 80s ad cheapskate, like just trying to find the yeah. best deals all around. Coupons. <laughs> Coupons, if you will. Coupons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically is making Jesse feel like he's crazy. You know, typical parent making the child feel like they're crazy. And yep. um, his mom was trying to comfort his sister, like, that's not actually happening. And then Basically scolded Jesse for even mentioning, even suggesting that were to happen. Uh, so uh, he gets with Lisa and they drive out to a power plant. And Lisa had done some research about Freddie and he at that power plant is where um, Freddie had worked. Um, and that's where he had kidnapped the 20 kids and killed them. Um, yeah, in the boiler room of that 
power plant. Yeah. Um, so then it morphs into the boiler and Jesse's house turning on. And Freddie walks up to Jesse's sister's room and, like, starts tormenting her. And it actually is Jesse. Like, it morphs into actually being Jesse. Um, yeah, and Jesse doesn't notice it till he tries to tuck her in. Yeah. And sees the claw on his hand. Yeah. Which is, like, it's interesting that it's, like, morphine. Because, like I said, like, he's kind of a part of Jesse. Like, he's, like, he's on the inside of Jesse. So, it, like, shows Freddy's perspective first. But at second glance, it is Jesse. Um, yeah. And I feel, I, I feel like, uh, really weird pointing this out. But I, but I kind of have to. Is that the type of kid that, Je- that Freddy would go after is exactly how Jesse's um, little sister looked. Yeah. Which is also worth noting why Freddie would even want to even bother her in the first place. Yeah. Um, so. Because if you notice, every every girl that we see jumping rope is blonde, like his sister. Which you know what that is a good note to point out because I didn't even notice or didn't even notice that until you just pointed it out to me. Yeah, all the girls that are jumping rope are always blonde, and Jesse sees one, but this time she's like jumping rope by herself. Yeah, those I think are supposed to be the souls of the kids that Freddie killed while he was alive. Hmm. Which is why I said he has a type because they all look the same, and those are the souls of the girls that he, of the little girls that he killed. Yeah. So. Lisa and her friend had been talking about this party that Lisa was having. And so it finally gets to that party and he starts like feeling like he's losing it. He like goes off by himself into this little shack room. I don't even know what you would call it. Um, I don't even know. And like Lisa goes after him, starts talking to him. Um, She just wants to be there for him. And he's just kind of like, I don't, I, I shouldn't be around you, like, right now. Um, like, I'm going through something, and I will hurt you, basically, is what he says. It's, yeah. it's not you, it's me. Um, <laughs> like I, But what he was saying actually makes sense. Like, he was saying that he almost hurt his sister, right. like, he killed the PE teacher, he doesn't want to hurt anyone else. Which, no, for real, like, it really is him but it's just funny like it's not you it's me yeah (laughs) um but yeah it makes sense why he said that because of the the previous events um yeah and you know they kind of start macking out um yeah they attempt to have sex this Freddy doesn't let that happen unfortunately yeah um like, the party is progressing, um, because what I didn't mention is, like, her parents were kind of there at the first, like, little half of the party. Like, her dad was grilling out, and her mom was like, okay, I think it's time for you to go to bed. And <laughs> so they go upstairs, like, the kids are waiting for the lights to turn off, because that means they're going to bed. And then, like, 
once the lights are off, like, everything just ramps up. Yeah. So, and yep. meanwhile, the party progressing, like, like I said, Jesse and Lisa are making out, like, things are progressing very fastly. And, like, I believe it's, like, his tongue is, like, becomes, like, elongated. And he's, like, I gotta go. Uh-uh. Yeah, so basically, like, they start making out. And then he, like, opens her shirt a little bit. And you kind of, and, like, and like at that moment, his tongue becomes, like, Freddy's tongue. and becomes, like, really fucking long. Yeah. And he, like, kind of covers that up. And then he just, like, kind of run, runs away. Yeah. Um... So he ends up leaving, and he ends up going to Grady's house and asks him if he, like, could crash there. Um, he tells him not to fall asleep. What does he do? He falls asleep. As always. Um, no one is reliable around here. <laughs> no. Um, no. And so Jesse ends up waking up, and, like, razors start coming out of his fingers, which was so gross to look at. Yeah. Like... It actually coming out of like his knuckle beds. I was like, "Oh my god, what 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 is going on? What is going on?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and and like his like body starts changing, his skin starts ripping off, and eventually, Freddie just cuts through his stomach and just comes through into the real world. Right. So it Jesse literally is becoming Freddie, basically. Yes. Um, and Grady's like what the fuck is going on? Like, he's trying to get out of his room, um, but his door is locked. Um, He's, like, yelling. Yeah, it's jammed or something. He's yelling for his dad. Um, He can't get out. His dad is on the other side. Can't get in. Uh, And Freddy, Jesse, ends up killing Grady. And Freddy, like, kind of, like, detaches from Jesse, and Jesse saw what happened, and he starts losing it, Jesse does. Yeah. Like, hysterical. He's like, what Uh did you do? Like, I, like, and Freddy is, like, pending it on to Jesse, and, like, he, absolute devastation, which, understandably so. Um, At first, when I saw Grady and Jesse's relationship, like, in the first part of the movie, it's kind of like, oh, he's kind of like a bully to Jesse, like Grady is. Um, but as progression throughout the movie, it's like, oh, no, they were kind of friends. And Grady, I think the thing is, and um, I'll touch on this a little bit more later, but I think it was more of Grady was, like, picking on him. Yeah. I think Grady had actually a crush on him. It's more of that whole, like, pull the girl's pigtails on the, like, re- at, at recess who you actually, like, like, basically. Which is such bullshit, and, thinking about it now. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, but it's kind of, like, what that is. Like, instead of saying, like, what how he actually feels towards him, he's just, like, decided to fuck with him instead. Yeah. And I think Jesse kind of realized that, which is why, out of nowhere, Jesse's, like, going to Grady's house after the last interaction they had. He put a snake on him while he was asleep. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of why he went to him out of anyone else. Yeah. After the whole thing with Lisa happened. Yeah. So, Jesse then goes back to Lisa's and tells her that he ended up killing Grady and that 
says that Freddy is inside of him. Um, at that point, uh, it moves to outside, and like fear starts exploding. Hot dogs stop start like popping, like splitting, exploding, whatever. Um, the pool becomes a, a fucking sauna. Hotter than hell, jacuzzi. Yeah, yeah. A hot tub, if you will. Extra hot. Yeah. An extra hot hot tub. Yes. Um, Lisa brings him down the journal and tells him about that. Uh, like Nancy had said, that it's all in his head, and that's when Freddy shows up, says that he can't fight him. That my my main. Sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was just say my main complaint about this movie is during this scene Mm -hmm. is where Freddy actually has powers in the real world, which he's not supposed to have. Right. Like in the first movie, when Nancy brought him out of her dream, he didn't have all those powers. He couldn't lock doors without looking at them. He couldn't make things explode. He couldn't change the temperature in the room. Like, and he, and there's other like things that he does in like throughout this scene that he shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. And that's like my main like problem with this movie. But go ahead with what you were gonna say. Um, basically, Jesse says, "Please just like kill me, get me out of my misery," which, honestly, understandably so, because with something like that attached to you, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of things just start to happen, like. Freddy goes out the back door, jumps out by the pool. Like, he was by the back door, and then, like, he disappears, and then he jumps out of the pool, uh, starts just slashing people. The pool's on fire, walks through, and then he walks through fire and leaves. Oh, oh, you forgot to mention um, why he jumped out the back door. Because Lisa was in the room trying to get Jesse to actually fight Freddy from the inside. Yeah. And it was starting to work. So Freddy, Freddy jumped out the back back patio doors and then popped up through the pool, killing people. And then when, and then when Lisa ran out to the backyard where he was, he left. Freddy left again. Wait. To keep Jesse from actually breaking out. So in which... Lisa drives Jesse's car back to the power plant because she's connecting, like, that's where he's going to be. And starts to look for Jesse. Um, reality, like, starts to change. Um, like, she's going through, like, the different, like, little walkways. Um, and... At what, like, what point did he meet her at? So, I'm not exactly sure. I do remember when Freddie went to get, went to actually grab her. Freddie grabbed her and was going to kill her. And she was, like, crying. And she was basically saying, you know, I love you. Like, Jesse, like, you're, like, more power, like, you're stronger than him and all this shit. And it was actually working. Because it's his weakness. Exactly. And uh, the more she said it, the more it was starting, the more it was working. And uh, Freddie tried to 
like stop her by saying, hey, if you do this and you get rid of me, he dies too. Like he goes with me. Yeah. And she didn't listen. She kept going. And, um, and she ends up kissing him. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, kissing Freddie is. And he like throws her off of him. And that kiss basically gave Jesse the strength that he needed to actually fight off Freddy. Freddy kind of melts away and kind of turns to ash. And Jesse kind of like pulls him, pulls the ash off of him. And like Lisa helps him pull the ash off of him. And it's basically like Freddy was defeated. Mm-hmm. Now here's, before I get any further in this movie, I want to say that it is, it's kind of weird that um, almost like a Disney movie, like, like love's true kiss or whatever you want to say. It's given like beauty true and love's the beast. Kiss. It's given beauty and the beast. Yeah. Or sleeping beauty. Like this, like a kiss fixes everything. And it's kind of funny to me, but it's not really that important. I just like, like I just like comparing it to that. Um, so after that whole scene, um, everybody, Jesse and Lisa survives, and they get on the bus the next day. Yep, they're back on the school bus. Back on the school bus. The bus driver is not Robert England this time. Um, and they're talking about the crazy stuff that happened, and then her her over-opinionated friend like leans up to joke with them and then as she's talking freddie's claw just bursts through her chest and the school bus starts going off into the desert again you hear freddie laughing as the movie ends just like kind of the first movie that ended in a dream showing that freddie was still around yeah now here's this movie i've i've saw in a YouTube video somewhere someone did a deep dive of this movie yeah, and went and talked about it for I think like an hour and a half. Oh gosh. And I went into like super super deep details and the point that he was making that kind of makes sense is that this movie is kind of it's kind of about Jesse dealing with his feelings like Jesse dealing with like his sexual orientation actually like the guy that did the deep dive suggested that jesse was actually gay but too afraid to actually like say anything to anyone which makes sense because of the time period it's the 80s it's not very acceptable uh, not a very acceptable time exactly and and, like he went to that gay bar Mm -hmm. like i think he kind of knew where he was going think he had been there before um and like his like his PE teacher also being also being gay um Grady having a crush on him which I think is is a theory it's not really true like I said that's just my theory um and I think like him he actually being gay but choosing to date someone like Lisa so people don't suspect he is right um and I think the guy on the YouTube video had mentioned that that fear of sexual orientation and the fear of like what 
of of living in a new place, going to a new school, uh, that like not like really understanding your feelings, all that anxiety caused Freddie. But that's why Freddie kind of picked him out because he was the most vulnerable. Yeah, it was just the fuel, like his fuel. Exactly, and Freddie knew that he could kind of like use him and like mold him however he wanted because of the fact that he was so vulnerable yeah um if i had to give this movie a rating um i used to have a negative outlook on this movie if i'm being honest yeah but i think as far as like character depth and i think as far as uh like storytelling Mm -hmm. I will say it's very interesting. I have a newfound respect for this movie. I'd give it a four out of five. I'd say I'd say it's I'd say it's a little bit better than the first. Hmm. And that that's my rating. Um, what about you? What would you rate this movie? I think I definitely like it better than the first one. I don't know what it is about the first one, but it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. This one, yeah. this one didn't as much. Um, I mean, it's still creepy as hell, but it didn't as much. Um, I would probably give it a four out of five as well, for like personal right. personal standpoint. All right, that's, that's understandable. Um, now we get to the third movie, and this movie I think gives me. I think it takes what happened in the first movie and kind of just makes it better in my opinion, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. So where, where are we in this third movie? So this is two years after the second one. Um, the opening scene um, is Kristen, which is the main character in this movie. Um, she's sitting at her desk waiting for her mom to get home. Uh, her mom enters the room and is like, why are you up at this? Like, it was an ungodly hour. And yeah. she was like, I was just waiting for you. And she's like, you don't need to wait for me. Go to bed, basically. Yeah. And, and it stands, it, it, it's good to point out that she was blaring music, trying to keep her mind occupied. So obviously she didn't want to go to sleep. Right. Um, and, you know, the good old nursery song starts to play. Um, (laughs) there's a little girl on a bike, and it leads Kristen into this house. It's giving very much The Shining. Um, and she goes into, or goes down to the basement of the house. Um, so, Freddy's home, and the boiler starts up, um, she, like, gets stuck in goop, and, like, while she's, like, trying to run, of course. Yeah. And Freddy is right behind her, of course. And she's trying to escape. Turns out to be a nightmare. Um, she goes to the bathroom, washes her hands, and Freddy appears in the sink knobs. And she... It... Very sensitive topic, but... It slits her wrists, and she ends up going to a psych ward because once it gets like that notion or like that state of mind of it being self-inflicted, 
Yeah, Freddie making it look like it was self-inflicted because when her mom walked in, she was actually holding a razor. Yeah. That wasn't in her hand while she was dreaming, but apparently had picked it up while she was dreaming. Yeah. So she's taken into the psych ward. Um, She starts freaking out and she... I believe she starts staining the like nursery rhyme, and I think so. Yeah, a girl comes in singing the same thing, asking her where she heard that from, and <laughs> lo and behold, that girl ends up being Nancy, that we saw from the first film. Uh, so we find out that at that psych ward, Nancy is like interning there, working there. And so she goes to Kristen's house and collects things from her rooms and note there's a house sitting on Kristen's desk. And yeah, a house that she made herself. Exactly. And it's actually the house that Nancy like Nancy's house. Yes. Um so Kristen ends up having another nightmare going into the same house. And we find out that Kristen can pull Saints into her dream as yeah. Nancy is pulled into the dream. Um, yeah. It's cool because Nancy could pull Saints out and Kristen can pull Saints in. Yeah, I think it's more people, but yeah, basically. She can just pull people into her dream. Yeah, which is kind of a cool element to explore. Um, Yes. So, Freddy, throughout the, you know, throughout this movie, is continuing to show up in Torment, and he starts with one of the patients, which is a sleepwalker, and pulls the, um, pulls the patient, I believe it's by flesh or veins something to that extent yeah something like that and he's pulled outside and uh like a puppet on a string basically exactly and he's standing on the ledge and basically pulls him off the ledge again making it look self-inflicted that he jumped off the building Um, Yeah, Freddy cut his strings and he fell. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention is that they had mentioned in the movie he had had sleepwalked up to that same bell tower multiple times. So it... Which means Freddy had done that probably to him before. Yeah. But never killed him. Right. So. It then um, moves to another patient um, who is in, like, the recreation room. And he's basically in the TV and the nursery, (laughs) the nursery rhyme is playing and Freddie comes out of the TV and kills, uh, kills the patient. And And my thing about that one is she had mentioned earlier in the movie, she was a movie that she was going to be a movie star. She was going to move out to. Los Angeles and like be in movies and be on the big screen. So when Freddie grabs her before he puts her head and throws her head through the TV, he says, Welcome to prime time, bitch, and then drives her head through the TV, which I think is just a nice touch. So that happens, and 
I believe it was the next day that Nancy tells, like, a group of patients that, like, who's been, like, haunting them. Like, and because they all start to kind of have nightmares of Freddy. And um, since Nancy has had nightmares of Freddy, like, she knows that, like, they're not delusional. And, like, they're made crazy. Where I know there's this one nurse that was like, oh, it's just all in their head. It's a psych ward for a reason, you know? Yeah, and the the male doctor wasn't fully convinced at first either. No, he was on the fence. The other nurse was definitely a hard no, but... Definitely, yeah. Um, so... They decide to have a group hypnosis. Um... One of the patients goes off on his own, and he kind of has a crush on one of, like, the younger nurses, and you see that at towards the beginning of the film, and so he goes off with her, and it's, like, there's this kind of, like, seduction about, like, oh, like, I want you, and blah, 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 but it actually turns out to be Freddy. And this patient is mute, by the way. Can't talk. Exactly. Um... And basically pulls him through a bed. And, like, the bed goes, like, through the ground, basically. Um, And you can kind of see hell under him. Yeah. And it's basically in Freddy's little chamber layer, whatever. Wherever the wherever the fuck he was, I don't exactly know where he was. I don't know where he was, but chamber layer. But he was strapped to the bed and he couldn't move. Yeah. Um. So. Um, and they were all dreaming, or while that was going on, and they didn't yeah. notice that happening. Uh. So. Nancy, um is sitting there with Joey and he she's like screaming like let him go and Freddy's cuts into Joey like come and get him bitch. Yep. Uh um before that though I want to ask you and I cuz I don't know about the like the chronological order of some things. Mm-hmm. But had he already seen Nancy before that Freddy in this movie? Because remember, I, Kristen was being, because Freddy turned into a giant worm and was like trying to eat Kristen. And when she pulled Nancy into her dream, Nancy saw this and stabbed Freddy in the eye. And when he saw her, he's like, you, and then ran. Yeah. I, was that before that? Was that before she said, let him go? Um, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was just making sure. Um, this movie kind of gets a little fuzzy for me. Um, yeah. I don't think I was nearly as interest. Like, I think the second one held my interest the best. The first one what did, held my interest, I'd say, equally as much. I think the third one is kind of where it, like, starts to become a little fuzzy just because it's a little confusing because there's a lot going on. Yeah, in my opinion, I think the first one and the third one are really good. And like I said, I have a newfound respect for the second one, but I think the third one and first one are really 
like similar but also good in my opinion yeah i think i've watched well let me take that back not good but i've watched one in three more than i've watched any of the other sequels to this to the in the the franchise yeah so i'm very familiar with one and three so towards the beginning uh the male doctor his name's neil um he sees this like nun around doesn't necessarily interact with her until a little later um and she uh it's a nun named Sister Mary Helena. And she ends up telling Neil about, like, how Freddy became to be, which is that he was the son of a woman on the staff there who got accidentally locked into a room with a lot of mental patients. And she got sexually assaulted for, like, by them. Um, yeah, which you. Like, the entire night by all of them. And you can kind of see that. Freddy is a product of that and that's why he acts the way he does and um but the only way to get rid of him stop him is to lay his bones to rest yeah and it's worth mentioning that um the staff um were nuns and that's why when she found out she was pregnant she didn't try and terminate the pregnancy because they're nuns that's frowned upon in religion so she had to like carry the baby and actually give birth to that baby. Yeah. Um, because of that. Um, so Nancy goes to a bar, a tavern, and to see her dad and asks about like the remains and where they're located, as it could be the solution of like getting rid of Freddie once and for all. Yeah, and her dad would know because he was part of the parents that killed Freddy and took his remains in the first place. Exactly. Uh, Kristen ends up getting locked into the quiet room, which is basically isolation. And Yeah, basically a padded room. And with all of that, like Nancy and Neil are basically relieved from like duties because they're saying their meth the staff there thinks that their methods are unethical and that like they're being crazy about the whole situation so they believe that they were the reason that the kids have been dying recently exactly so they're like yeah you're no longer welcome here so they end up getting relieved and nancy tries to go back to like get Kristen, and is not like let in and so she talks to the group and like thinking that Kristen could be next as she's isolated by herself. Um, so she pulls the group into one more hypnosis and they end up in the quiet room and Freddie starts spreading through the wall. Um, yeah. And then it brings uh, Kristen back into her room, replaying that whole scene of like, the music being loud, she's waiting for her mom to come home, and like, I believe she had brought a guy back to the house. And well, before this, before this, I think Nancy had, while they were in the dream, remember said that like you can be anything you want in your dream. What are you like? What kind of power do you have when you're asleep? Yeah. Like, what kind of person do you become? Yeah. 
and like the and like the uh there's a, a inmate in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and he says that he can walk and that he's a wizard in his dreams yeah uh there's a woman uh that says that she's like a, just a badass she's just a badass in her dreams she can fight and likes knives and things of that nature she's also a former drug user which is important to note um and then there's Kincaid, who says that basically shows he has super strength, can break through walls, bend stuff he's not supposed to be able to bend, Hulk. things of that nature. Basically a Hulk. Basic, basically the Hulk, right? We have a Hulk. Um, and <laughs> and the, but yeah, it's worth mentioning all of that because when Kristen goes back to the beginning, it's it's where they start getting split up by themselves, right? So, takes Kristen back to her room. Music's loud, waiting for her mom. Mom comes in, is like, why you up? You know, the whole nine. And Kristen goes yes. to bed. And Kristen's mom's standing oh. in the doorway. Yep. And that's when Freddie pulls on in. And fits- Yeah, I think he grabs her by the neck and pulls her out of frame. Yep. Um, and then comes back in the frame with her separate head. Yep, decapitates. We love a good decapitation. <laughs> um, and then she ends back up at Nancy's house, and that's what the division. Uh, it starts with one of the patients, which was the drug addict one. They start to like tango in a way, and his fingers turn into needles, and he shoots them up into her, like because he's like, "Oh, you need your next fix." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Which yeah. is unfortunate. Um, and then next is the... And that kills her. Yes. Uh, next is the wizard. The wizard, patient. I believe. Yes, yeah. the wizard patient. And he's using Dungeons and Dragons on him. Yeah. And... Doesn't doesn't really work, though. Nope. Sticks his fingers into him. Um <laughs> Kristen and Nancy end up finding each other, and so does Kincaid. Uh, there's a door floating in the middle of the room, which is sus. And they all yeah. stupidly enter it. Um, Neil ends up finding where the remains are, and Nancy's dad was trying to skip out on him. Which, I mean, I don't blame him, but also, like, come on. Like, that's so... Yeah. Um. Exactly. Yeah, that's so. And Neil had the keys. Yep. So he couldn't leave. Yep. Um, and then Joey is literally in the pits of hell. They find his little dungeon lair, whatever. And yep. um, Freddie ends up showing up. Nancy ends up stabbing him. The souls of children give him strength, he says. Like, he pulls up his shirt, and, like, there's, like, little faces, which is so creepy. Uh, faces yeah, on his... Yeah, that's a good scene, though. Uh, faces on it, his skin. And, uh... Joey ends up speaking out, and basically saves them because of how deafening, because, like Brandon said, he's mute. So So basically what was happening was they were all getting pulled into mirrors as they were trying to escape. Yeah. And, and right before they got, they got pulled into mirrors, he screamed 
and it broke and, and it was so it was so loud it shattered the mirrors and shattered the glass and saved them all iconic scene actually in my opinion very um nancy's father goes to say like that he had crossed over like that he had died and it yeah really turns out to um, be pretty serves to mention the thing i hate about this movie the most is that when they tried to actually like put his lay his bones to rest oh my god the skeleton yeah. came alive yeah and tried and started fighting them yeah and it actually did kill her dead in the process which would uh, which i don't get like that whole thing it was so fucking weird yeah um and then it morphs into being freddy and stabs nancy um and, and that's how she dies which is so yeah. um neil was in the grave he gets out of it um pours holy water onto like the remains and nancy like ends up dying um they're at the like grave site for her and neil sees something i can't remember what he saw he see he sees the nun again he sees the nun again and then he, the, he walks over to talk to her and she's disappeared and the camera pans over to a uh grave marker a head, yeah a headstone and you find out that the nun was actually freddy's mom yeah amanda krueger yeah which becomes very important in the later movies Kristen goes home um, she like goes to bed and as she's going to sleep, she has that house that she built mm-hmm. and you see the light yeah. come back on yeah. in the house. And Freddie, I think you hear him laughing as the movie goes off. Yeah. Because there always has to be that scene. Of course. That could open up sequels. Of course. Um, so and that's basically how the movie ends. I gotta say that I, I like this movie for a couple of reasons. One, because Freddy goes full on, full on, oh, I'm going to make all of these deaths look like self, like they're self-inflicted. Yeah. I'm going to make all of these deaths, make it look like I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. The guy that jumped off the bell tower, uh, the the thing he tried to do with Kristen that didn't work. Yeah. Um, the girl that he shot up with um, ne- drugs, needles, so they just yeah. say they say that she overdosed. Yeah. Um, I don't know the uh, I don't know how he was gonna explain the whole um, the guy that was mute. What was his name? Joey. Joey, right? Um, Joey. I don't know how he was gonna. I think Joey was just gonna disappear. I think they were just gonna have gonna say that Joey was in a, in a coma. Yeah. And was never and was never gonna get out. Yeah. Um, but I think he tried his best to not have anything linked back to him in this movie. For sure. And I think the only reason he was power- powerful enough to do this, going back to the second movie, first movie was kind of an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. Like four friends being tormented by Freddy, that was it. In the second movie, an entire town of teenagers yeah. witnessed someone 
with razor fingers Mm -hmm. killing people in front of them. Yeah. You don't forget some shit like that. Right. So I think it gets, I think the fear at that point was so widespread that and people started noticing it that 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 gave Freddie the power that he needed to keep going to do what he did in the third movie. Him playing on like the fear and vulnerability, like what's more fearful, like vulnerable than mental patients? Exactly, people that are already dealing with shit. Definitely had like a big dosage of like, oh yeah, power. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and. I don't know. I just, like I said, I've seen this movie the same amount of times I've seen the first one, and I I really do like this one. If I had to rate it, I'd probably give it the same rating I gave four. I mean, same rating I gave two, which would be a four. Maybe four and a half. It's a really good movie. The only thing I hate about the movie is the fact that they had to fight Skeleton Freddy. Yeah. And that was the only, like, part that I thought was ridiculous everything else i thought was great what what would you rate this movie two a two mm-hmm. that's that's fair you have a reasoning behind that like what aside from the fact that you don't like freddy like just some of the effects that are happening within the movie and just so, how some of like the things are occurring i just don't necessarily i guess like them Okay, I mean, I mean, this is your opinion, and uh, um, that's the whole point of like the ranking system, right? I mean, like the vulnerability of like mental patients. I guess um, it's like a tread lightly situation. I guess. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I I can see how that uh, how like depending on like your stance of like stuff like that and like stuff that it, people have been through that that could be a touchy subject for some people. Yeah. Um, and a hot topic. Um, but yes, that was the first three movies of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. We'll be continuing with the next part next week with four, five, and six, which I'm pretty sure is just one of those situations where, again, like I mentioned before, it's just Freddy kill- killing people. There's not really much. From what I remember, I haven't seen the movies a lot, but from what I remember, it's not really much character, like deposition or any type of background or anything. It's just how creative can they be with Freddy. But again, we'll have to give it another watch and maybe that changes depending on what I see. That's basically what we'll be doing in two, try and do two weeks from now for the next part of Nightmare on Elm Street. So. If that seems like something that you're interested in, and something that you want to join us for, that'd be great. Um, I also want to thank everyone who has listened to this podcast and took time out of your days who listen to us rant about things that we're either passionate about or, in this case, things we hate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, all jokes aside, we really appreciate any type of support you give us and. Uh, um, Until next time, this is the third act. I'm Brandon. I'm Sydney. And see you next time.